Welcome to this week's podcast from Suncoast Church. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, I'm excited tonight to be uh, continuing our series guilt-free. It's been so good over the past few weeks. If you are new tonight, we, we want to welcome you, but I want to encourage you, go back over the last few weeks on our YouTube page, on some of our social medias, and check out the last few weeks. Uh, it will definitely benefit your life. But I'm going to jump straight into it so we can go get food afterwards. Um, I want to ask you the question, have you ever woken up ready for bed? Yes. Yeah. Like, have you ever woken up and just been like, not today? You know, like, I'm not, I want to go back to bed. Some of you have actual responsibilities, so you can't do that. Uh, Your children would starve. But, you know, have you ever kind of like looked at all the things you have to get done in your day and in your week, and it just makes you a little bit sad? Now, maybe you've kind of found yourself in a place in life where you just see life as a bunch of things that you have to check off a list, a bunch of, a bunch of chores that need to be done before you can finally relax on the weekend. Maybe you're here tonight and you found yourself in a season that you thought you were just going to have to push through and struggle for a little bit, but that season has just not ended. 2020 is still hitting you hard. Well, the title of my message tonight is No Longer. For anyone taking notes, No Longer. And uh, we're going to jump straight into it. I want to get everyone to get to know each other a little bit better tonight. Uh, I want to I ask you a question, a show of hands if this applies to you. Who here... Uh, gets annoyed when you go to do something out of the kindness of your heart, but then someone tells you you have to do that thing. Who who doesn't like being told they have to do something? Okay, a few of us, a few of us, everyone else quietly judging. I get it, I get it. Um, I'm convinced that <laughs> I'm convinced that we as people we we don't like being told we have to do something. Um, when I was growing up, I had a great childhood. Uh, when I was growing up. Uh, one of the chores me and my brother had to do was the dishes, okay? And now we had to do the dishes every single night, and not just our own dishes. We had to do the whole family's dishes, okay? And we had a huge family of four, right? So um, we had to, I had to do that, um, and we would have to, wait for it, it gets worse. We would have to hand wash the dishes. This is, this is, pre-dishwashing days, but the, we, you know, we had a dishwasher, but who knows that when you, have, when you use the dishwasher, it uses too much water, right? So we had to hand wash the dishes. I know, right? I had a tough childhood, um, but we had to do that every single night, and we had a dishwasher. It was more of a, more of a display dishwasher, you know, for when the guests come over and we could like showcase, yes, we have a dishwasher, and in fact, probably works, and you know, you can check that out on your way through, and it was more of like, a, it was there to tease us and taunt us. It kind of like felt like every single night, it was kind of like, I'm right here. You know, like I'm within arm's reach, but you can't touch this. Like, do it, I dare you. You know, see what happens, right? (laughs) And me and my brother, this is so ridiculous. Me and my brother would argue over who had to wash the dishes and who had to dry the dishes. Because if you had to wipe the dishes, you also had to put the dishes away. Therefore, it was twice as much work. Therefore, it was better to wash the dishes. How's that for an argument you hear as a parent, right? That's ridiculous. So we had to do that every single night, and there would be times where um, I would, out of, out of the goodness of my own heart, I would show a bit of initiative, and before even being asked to do the dishes, I would go and do them. Now, very rare occasions, but they did happen. And my parents sometimes would see me wandering around the kitchen, and uh, you know, I have every intent to go do the dishes. But my parents would see me wandering around the kitchen, probably thinking that I'm trying to like scab some dessert before bed and just bail. And they would say, Stephen, 
go do the dishes. Okay, it's your job, go do the dishes. I would say, I, I would get so frustrated. I was a little bit of a diva when I was a teenager. I would get so frustrated. I would say, I was going to do the dishes, but you know what? Now I'm not. Stephen, do the dishes, and then you can have dessert and go to bed. Fine, I'll do them, but now I'm mad. Fine, do them mad then. We don't care, right? And then I'd like, classic teenager, I'd go like mumble to myself. I'm sick of this place. I'm stuck in this prison, you know? I'm just like, hate it here, you know? I'll show them. I'll run away. I'll pack my bags tonight. See what what happens then. What was that? (laughs) Nothing, nothing. Nothing is what I thought. My dad's favorite line, and I cannot wait to use this when I'm a parent. I am so excited to be able to drop this one. Like, genuinely, like, it excites me. My, my dad's favorite line was, oh, you're mad? I'll give you something to be mad about in a second. <laughs> so good, right? Like, you believe in that Jesus? Do you want to meet him tonight? You know, like, they, they never went that far. My, um, <laughs> my parents were watching online this morning, so I had to like, apo- apologize to them in front of everyone after that. But uh, I, I'm convinced we don't like being told we have to do something. Doing something out of obligation is very different to doing something out of love or passion, something that we want to do. And in life and faith, it can be so easy to find ourselves in a place where we see things as a bunch of stuff we have to get done rather than things we get to do. It's something that affects each and every one of us, and I I honestly believe it can almost limit what God is wanting to do in our lives. So let's talk about, I want to read you a few words uh, that Jesus spoke by, written down by a guy named John, one of his 12 disciples in his very own book, the book of John. Uh, Chapter 15, verse 15, it says this, I, there's those two words again, no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus takes us from on a journey from the position and perspective of a servant, and he takes us to the position and perspective of a friend. Why is this important? Well, because when Jesus walked the earth, most people's beliefs and the way they viewed God and did life with God was of a vertical perspective in that you give me commands. If I follow them, I'm in your good books. If I don't, if I mess up, I'm in trouble. Right, and maybe you kind of grew up with that belief, or you used to kind of maybe think like that, or maybe you're new here tonight, and it's actually one of the reasons that have stopped you from pursuing this faith previously. And in fact, that's actually where guilt kind of comes into the picture. When we have that mindset, I messed up, I should probably feel bad. I didn't, you know, God's standard is so big, I'll never reach it. God's probably mad, I, you know, I should be doing better. That's where guilt comes in. But Jesus, in one moment, one moment, demolishes that entire way of doing life by saying, I no longer call you servants. You don't have to live like that anymore. You're a friend of God. You're a friend. This isn't a to-do list faith anymore. I came to do life with you. Now, what does this change? Great question. Thanks for asking. It changes everything. Everything. Why? Because it brings about two ways of doing life. It brings about the I have to way of doing life and the I get to way of doing life. The servant versus the friend way of doing life. And these are two things that we can fall into no matter what you believe. Even if you don't believe in God tonight, we all fall 
into these two categories. The I have to versus the I get to way of doing life is actually something that impacts each and every aspect of our lives. Let me give you an example. It's, it's the difference between a, a boss giving you orders and a friend coming by your side saying, let's do this together. Like a boss giving you orders, you will follow them out of obligation, but a friend coming alongside you saying, let's do this together, you're going to want to do that, right? I, um, I used to be a, a soccer coach at daycare centers around, around the coast in, in Brisbane, um, and um, I, I trained like tiny little humans how to play soccer, it was awesome, and um, you know, there was some great kids, and there was some kids with greatness in their future, right, if you catch my drift, and this one kid, I remember so vividly, this one kid uh, at this one daycare center every single week would just give me attitude. Every single week would just not do anything that I asked him to do. I honestly felt like I got the full parenting experience in that 30 minutes, right? And then I went back to enjoying my life. But I, um, I, every single week, every single week, this kid would give me attitude. Can you do this? No. Can you do this? No. So I, um, I got to confess something to you tonight. I, uh, this is a safe space. I, um, I, there was one time where I, I, I kind of got, got a little bit frustrated at him and a tad unprofessional, okay? Because uh, I had all the kids sit down in a group and I was telling them what to do. They're like four or five years old. And uh, this kid in front of all of these other kids stands up and he yells at me. He yelled at me. It was a real power play, okay? Like this guy knew exactly what he was doing. He was being a, you know, being a punk, right? He was like, he was like, in, I could tell exactly what he was thinking. Like, I'm going to show all these, all my friends who's boss. Not that giant. It's me, right? So I was like, well, i got to show everyone who's boss. Like, I'm the big person. You know, like, I'm his boss. So he yells at me. He's like, I'm not doing it. I said, yes, you are. He said, well, you're not the boss of me. I said, yes, I am. You're not my boss. Yes, I am. Well, you're not my dad. Yes, I am. <laughs> I said that to a four-year-old. And so he just looks at me in utter shock, like, like, really? Like, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, and so, like, I just ruined this kid's life. Like, he's in therapy to this day, right? Like, Dad, you lied to me. The soccer man's my dad. I don't know. I'm so confused. I was like, I don't know, right? And so I just had to bribe this kid with so much chocolate not to go tell the other parents, like, is he my dad? Like, I don't know. And so I'm surprised I kept my job, to be honest. But yelling at this kid and bossing him around just, just wasn't working. But one of his teachers was an absolute genius because she, she knew him. She knew his background. She knew what made him happy, what made him unhappy. And so every time he would get really bad, she would go talk to one of his little tiny best friends and say, hey, do you want to go get such and such and go play soccer? And he'd go, okay, hey, let's go play soccer. Okay, and then they'd go play soccer. Or, hey, do you want to go get lunch? Okay, let's go get lunch. And every single time, this kid, he wouldn't listen to me, which was rough, but he listened to his friend. Why? Because there is a big difference between a boss giving orders and a friend coming by your side saying, hey, let's do this together. That's the difference Jesus is explaining here. Now, let me take it one step further. Picture yourself being in the ocean and you are, you know, you're swimming, but you start to struggle. You start to sink beneath the water. Imagine if when you call out for, for help, one of your friends comes charging in and risks their life to save you. Let's take it another step further. Imagine if they gave their life to save you. 
you would be so full of gratitude and love towards that person. You would want to do anything and everything you could to repay the favor, to live for them, to honor them, right? Well, that's Jesus. That's the Christian message. God isn't up in heaven somewhere pointing the finger at us saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, otherwise you're in trouble. No, God saw a broken humanity and he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to save us from our sin, from our mess, from our mistakes, from taking life and and messing it up. He saw a broken humanity and said, I will put the pieces back together. And now that same God opens his arms to you and I and says, let's do life together. Let's change the world together. Let me help you stop striving and struggling to just live up to a standard anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. I have a new way for you. You are my friend. And if you're here tonight and you're kind of a skeptic of this whole faith thing, maybe you're kind of just starting to pursue this, that's what it's all about. That's our message. That's the God that we follow. And that is the invitation that God has for you. But this I have to versus I get to way of doing life, it's a tension I think we all sit in. Doing life because I have to, seeing things as just a a list of chores that have to get done before I can finally enjoy myself on the weekend or that holiday, rather than seeing life for what it could be and should be, which is a gift from God. I know I sit in that tension anyway, but I think the most important words that Jesus spoke in that whole message were those two words, no longer, no longer. It means that there was a transition period. You were once here, but no longer are you there. You are now here. I have, in fact, removed the barrier that was between you and God. Once you were a servant, but now you are a friend. This is where guilt and shame and living up to some impossible expectation is, but no longer do you have to live like that. Joy and purpose and hope and and love and true life is found over here in our relationship, in our friendship with God. You might be thinking to yourself and, and, you know, kind of, thinking about your life right now and wondering, you know, like, okay, which one am I then? Like, thinking about all the things you have to do. Like, you know, I think I'm a friend. I mean, I'm, I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm at church and I, I pray and chuck worship music on in the car and, you know, I, I serve here and there and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, I, I think I'm a friend and, and you, you could be right. But then you think a little deeper. But there's a few things I have to do in life, right? You know, like work, study, have to be nice to that cousin I don't like. <laughs> got to go see the in-laws. Got to serve. I'm going to stop there. Because <laughs> this is painful. <laughs> My body's not built for this. Um, and you realize, you realize that, yeah, okay, there's actually some, some I have to's in there. You know, there's some servant mindset creeping in. So how do you tell? How do you tell which life you're living and why that matters and how you can change it? Well, the Bible makes it really clear and and just life makes it really clear. I've got a few examples we're going to chuck up on the screen. Let's see if you can relate to any of these. A servant follows a Christian checklist, right? Pray, done. Serve, done. Give, done. Now I'm good. A friend follows a way of life. Now I'm a generous person. I'm a loving person. This is what I do with my life. A servant does things out of obligation. A friend does things out of love. 
a servant has a professional relationship. They know about God. You know, I can, you know, I listen to the messages and I kind of get the general gist, but it doesn't really go deeper than surface level. A friend has a personal relationship. They know God. I know his heart. I know his character. I know what he's about. A servant sees serving and giving as a burden. Oh, we have to do this. I have to, God says we have to do it, so we do it. A friend sees serving and giving as a blessing. I can't believe I get to do what I get to do and make a difference and change people's lives. This is amazing. A servant sees things for what they are. A job is just a job. Church is just church. A friend sees things for what they could be. This isn't just a service. This is an opportunity for us to connect with God. Have a look at that and see kind of which ones that you relate to, which ones you don't relate to. But ultimately, the kind of easiest way to tell which direction you usually take is just by listening to yourself and looking at the way you talk and the way you think. Do you find yourself thinking, I have to do this, have to go to work, have to serve this weekend, have to do that, have to hang out with this person, have to do this? So many things in life can be seen as an I have to do. But Jesus offers us a life that we get to do. It's amazing. And if we get stuck in that uh, mindset of, okay, I have to do this and I'm, I'm a servant. I have to do what I'm told. I have to follow a checklist. It can impact each and every aspect of our life. Just as A.W. Tozer, I hope I'm saying that right, famously quoted, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. How true is that? If you think of God as a boss, you are going to live your life like God is a boss. If you think of God as a friend, you are going to live your life like God is a friend. If you think God is non-existent, you are going to live your life like that. So true. But I think this is something that we will forever be wrestling with, the I have to versus the I get to. But if you're here tonight and you're wrestling with a bit of guilt, if you're here tonight and you found yourself just settling for average and this is just the way life is. If you're here tonight and you found yourself only ever just scratching the surface of your faith, well, I have three practical things that you can do to change that, to go from a servant to a friend, to go from an I have to to an I get to. I would encourage you to take your phone out, take notes, whatever you've got to do. Three practical things if that kind of applies to you. Number one is to rediscover the wonder. Rediscover the wonder of knowing Jesus. John, the guy who penned down those words, is the same guy that wrote down in his very own letters, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Like he wrote that about himself, which is hilarious. I see John as like that competitive sibling, right? Like if you've got kids or if you and your siblings are competitive and always want to be the best, I see, that's John to me, right? Like me and my brother, I was... I have a younger brother. I was a great older brother, okay, if I, if I can say that. But there were times when I, I, I was the opposite of that. Like, my, uh, uh, we would be arguing, and my parents would come over and, and, and break it up, and then they'd walk away. I'd wait for them to walk out of earshot, and then I'd, like, lean over. This is so bad. I'd lean over, and I'd, like, whisper into his ears just the worst stuff, like, Mom and Dad don't like you. Like, they love you because they have to, but they don't like you. I'm so clearly the favorite. Like, you don't even really look like dad. Like, you, you know, like just, just the worst stuff, right? And then he would start blowing up. My parents would come over. What's going on? I don't know. He's going crazy. Like, well, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. And he'd get in trouble again, and I'd just be loving life, right? Like, that's, that's I, was, I was bad. 
But that's John to me, right? Like, that's John. He wants to be the best. He's competitive. He's got his stuff. He's got his issues. But for a guy like that, to hear those words, it would have blown his mind. Here's John, a fisherman that society had cast aside. And now he was sitting face to face with God and God was saying, you are my friend. Like, I bet he would have been thinking, how on earth is Jesus saying something like that to something like me? Who am I to be a friend of a perfect God? Now, I am constantly trying to remind myself of the privilege and honor it is that that God, the creator of the universe, the king of all kings, wants to use my little ordinary life to do something extraordinary for his kingdom. That he looks at me and all of my imperfections, all of my shortcomings, all of my mistakes and failures, and he looks at me and he smiles. He looks at you and he says, you are my everything. You're my everything. Maybe, maybe tonight, you just need to remind yourself of the significance of your faith. That, that God do, didn't look at you for who you used to be and all the mistakes you made, but he looks at you for who you can be, and he looks at you with love, not condemnation, with joy, not anger. There is truly nothing greater than knowing Jesus and being able to call him our Savior, nothing greater. And if I can just get really practical tonight, just really practical, nothing I, in my, my journey, I've only been doing this for seven years, but nothing uh, has quite um, helped me to rediscover the wonder and that passion and that fire of following Jesus. Nothing has made that happen more than when I am sitting face to face with someone who's on the receiving end of my faith. Like when I've said, okay, I'm going to do something with this, this love that God's given me. I'm going to go out and love other people. Nothing has ignited that fire in my heart like doing that, using my faith. I, um, I, I, I didn't grow up a Christian. I, um, you know, I, I started following Jesus halfway through year 12 when I was just about to graduate. I was asking all the big questions in life, like what does this mean? You know, what's the purpose of life and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm the only Christian in my family. I didn't grow up like that. If anything, I kind of like grew up a little bit against that, like, you Christians are weird, okay? Like, that's kind of like my point of view. And I went through all the typical teenage stuff. You know, I I went through the party scene. I went through mixing in with the wrong crowd, making some really bad decisions, uh, you know, getting in some real bad relationships. You know, I experienced all the feelings, you know, peer pressure, anxiety, depression, identity issues. I went through all of that, and then Jesus met me, in my deepest and darkest moments, and he pulled me out and said, let's do life together. And over a journey, I came to believe that he was real. And when I had that moment of clarity, that moment of, okay, I'm all in, like, I cannot believe this is real. God is real. Jesus is real. This is incredible. How did I not figure this out beforehand? This is amazing. When I had that moment, I signed up for everything. Okay, for everything. I was like, youth team, let's go. Okay, soup kitchen, red frogs, Sunday stuff, giving. We get to give to God? This is amazing. 10%, what is that? How come we can't give more? Like, you know, like, let's do this. I want to give everything. I couldn't believe God would want me. Why on earth would he want me? And then, you know, you're around long enough. You you meet some Christians. And we've all met this Christian before. Oh, I can't hang out this weekend. I have to serve. 
Oh, they're asking for money again. Jeez, classic church. You know, oh, I better go to church, I guess. Oh, I'm too busy. I've got too much on. Sorry, God. You know, like, I've got to do this. We've all, met, we've all met that Christian. You know, hey, hey, where do you serve? Like, what, what do you do for God? Like, what do you do with all that he's given you? Oh, you know, it's, it's not really my thing at the moment. I'm kind of just waiting for God to, to show me where I should serve in the church. And then I'm, I'm just sitting here like, well, I mean, I've, I've only been around for like two weeks, but I could probably tell you if you want. Like, you know, like, love God, love people. It's like, it's right there in the book. I can show you. Like, oh, you know, like, it's not really my thing. I just got to focus on me right now. You know, I'm just waiting for God to show me a sign. And I'm sitting here thinking, a sign? What greater sign is there than Jesus dying on a cross? What do you need? Like a sign. Let's do this thing. Like let's change the world. Do you know that he wants you? Do you know that he wants you to use your life to impact other people? Like let's do this. Come on, let's do it. And I was just this fresh little baby Christian. Just like, how could you not want to give everything for this Jesus who gave everything for us? Like and now he, he, he wants to change your life and use you to change other people's lives? Like, what greater thing could we do with this small time we have on earth? This is incredible. If you want to rediscover the wonder of your faith and rediscover that passion, that fire, don't overcomplicate it. Join a service team. (laughs) Sign up for a young adult connect team. Come hang out at Red Frogs. You'll discover passion. Go to the soup kitchen and sit down with someone who needs the hope that God has given you, who needs the love that God has given you. You'll never look back. Serving, our faith isn't all about serving, don't get me wrong, but it sure does come alive when we do. We need to rediscover the wonder of knowing Jesus. Number two, we can know God more. Jesus said that everything I've learned from the Father, I have made known to you. A servant doesn't know their master's plans, but a friend does. We can know the heart of God for our lives. And I know for many of us, I'm kind of preaching the choir here. This isn't revolutionary stuff, but I've quickly discovered in my journey already that there is a big difference between knowing about God and knowing God, right? Anyone can know about God. You know, you you come to church every now and then, you you hear the message, you can kind of put the pieces together if you need to, but it's a very one-way relationship. You know, you offer up a prayer, get nothing back. You do a little act of kindness, get nothing back kind of one-way relationship. But knowing God in his heart is different. It's deeper than that. If I can, um, if I can use my marriage as an example, you know, because that always works out well for me. Um, <laughs> uh, have you ever prayed one of these prayers? Like, I feel like we've all done this, but have you ever been like, God, speak to me. I'm ready. Amen. Good chat. All right, let's go. Like, let's get to it. Like, God, speak to me. Three, two, one. All right, we'll try again tomorrow, right? Like, have you ever done one of those prayers? Like, you know, it's kind of, all right, I'll fit you in here. Like, could you imagine if I did that with Ash? Hey, babe, how you doing today? Just kidding, I don't care. Xbox time, let's go, right? Like, I would, I would live on the couch, okay? Like, that is not happening up in our household, right? <laughs> Why? Because, because one-way relationships don't work, do they? One-way relationships they, they don't work. And, and one of the things I've heard from many married people over the last three years that we've married is that one of the most important things about a marriage is quality time. Why? Because the more quality time you spend with someone, the more you get to discover about them, the more you get to know their heart, 
the more you get to know their character, the more you get to know those little amazing things that are beneath the surface level stuff. The crazy thing is, our faith is exactly the same. Right? God invites us into a relationship with Him where we get to know Him and know His heart and know His character. See, one-way relationships, knowing about God, is where guilt and dissatisfaction comes in. Oh, I kind of know a little bit about God. I mean, you know, I know He's, he's good and He's righteous, but, I'm, you know, His standards are pretty high. You know, like, oh, He doesn't get where I'm going through. He's up in heaven, you know, like made too many mistakes. I guess this is just all life is going to be for me. But then you get into his word, you get into that Bible and you discover that, no, actually God is quick to forgive. God's love is greater than my mistakes. Jesus endured every temptation that we could face. He knows exactly what we're going through. No, no, this is just a season. God has good things in store for you. This is amazing. We get to know him for who he truly is. So if you feel like, You're only just scratching the surface of your faith. Maybe, just maybe, taking a moment each day this week in in amongst the busyness and the craziness of life to just pause, be still, and just spend some time with God could be the game changer that you have so badly been needing for this entire year. We can know God more. Number three, if you want to go from a servant to a friend, and I have to to and I, I get to, we need to look at things from a fresh perspective. Look at things from a fresh perspective. A servant sees things for what they are. A job is just a job. But a friend sees the best in every situation and the best in every person. See, Jesus saw the same group of people that all of society had cast aside. He saw the same group of people that all of the society had written off. And he said, those are the ones. They're going to change the world with me. Let's go. He saw them differently. I had a, a friend not too long ago come down from like up north somewhere uh, where they don't have any beaches. So we went to Malulaba to grab some lunch and we we're just hanging out. And he, he asked me, hey, w- when was the last time you went to the beach for like a swim and hang out? And I was like, well, actually, it's been like 10 or 12 years. Like, I haven't been to the beach in a long time. He was like, what? He was like, how could you not? Watch? He, he, he was fuming. He was so mad at me. He was offended. He didn't even live here. He was offended on Malulabar's behalf. He was like, why wouldn't you? How could you not be? He's like flipping tables, causing a scene. He's like going nuts. And he's like, how could you live so close to the beach and not go all the time? I was like, oh, you know, I don't know. Like, I haven't had my bikini body in a while. You know, like, (laughs) quite pale. Like, people can see their reflection in me these days. You know, like... You go to the beach one time and you take it home for a lifetime. You know, like, you've, you, you've all been there, right? Like, you go to the beach one time and, like, six years later, you're still finding sand places. And you're like, I've moved houses twice. How? Like, right? And he's like, how could you just w- couldn't get it? So I was like, man, it's just a beach. Like, what's the big deal? And he was like, what's the big deal? He's like, you see a beach. I see paradise. This is amazing. Do you not realize what you have on your front doorstep? I was like, no, <laughs> but he was true. He was, he was right, wasn't he? He saw things differently. So, you know, the amazing thing about following Jesus, can I just say, is we might go through the same stuff as everyone else on the planet, but we don't have to go through it the same. We get to go through things differently. We get to see things differently. We get to see things from a position of hope, see things from a position of victory, of joy, of purpose. Jesus saw things differently. And Jesus, 
He sure does lead us into that I get to life. But ultimately, we can see Jesus in everything, right? Right? Jesus is also present in those I have to moments. And he can transform those I have to moments. Jesus is in the business of taking your ordinary and turning it into something extraordinary. Come on, you might just see a job, but Jesus sees a mission field. When you see an assignment, God sees your future. Come on, when you see what little you have to offer, God sees the world being forever changed. When you see something that is broken, God sees something that can be rebuilt. When you see a burden, God sees a blessing in disguise. Come on, this is good stuff. When people saw a cross, Jesus saw salvation. When everyone saw hopelessness, Jesus saw heaven touching earth. When everyone saw that it was the end, Jesus saw that it was just the beginning. So come on, what is there in your life that you have written off as ordinary that with Jesus could become extraordinary? You know, God is so amazing. It's just incredible, everything about him. He takes a person like me, a person like you, He says, you're not a servant, you're my friend. Maybe you're here tonight, you're thinking, okay, that sounds great, Stephen, but I'm not a friend of God, I'm not worthy of that. you, You don't know what I've done, you don't know the mistakes I've made. Our friendship with God is not built on the basis of you doing the right thing, you living up to a standard, you doing enough to make Him happy. He's already happy with you. Our friendship is based on the fact that He is a perfect friend and that he bridged the gap. All we have to do is say, yes, I'm in. Let's do this. So if this is kind of maybe related to you in any way, I have a question that you can go and ask yourself tonight on your Monday, on your Tuesday, and and really experience that friendship with God that I've been talking about. That question is, how can you move from I have to to I get to this week? How can you move from a servant to a friend this week. Think of the three practical things that I just talked about. Can you rediscover the wonder of following Jesus? Can you take a moment to just go, wow, like this is actually incredible. Can you sign up to start using your faith and to start serving? Come see us at the back. Not next week, not when God has given you a sign, but tonight, put your faith to action. Discover that passion. Can you begin to know God more? Can you take a moment in the, in the craziness of life to just pause and be still? Give God a bit of time. Can you begin to look at things from a fresh perspective? Can you walk into work on Monday going, this isn't just a job, this is a mission field. God, what do you want to do? This isn't just my home. God, what do you want to do? Can you begin to see Jesus in everything? I truly believe that when we look at our lives from a friendship perspective, I am a friend of God. It impacts every single part of our life. We begin to see guilt fade away. We begin to see purpose and passion reignited. We begin to want Jesus, not to just have to have him, but to want him and all that he has for you. You are a friend of God. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much (laughs) that you sent your son Jesus to bridge the gap that separated us for so long. 
God, I thank you that you want to change our lives in every single way. You want to give us hope in places where there are no hope, joy in places where there are sadness. You want to give us a future. Most importantly, you want to give us a relationship with our Creator. So God, I just pray for every single person right now, especially those who are maybe struggling with guilt and struggling with that mindset of, you know, I feel like I just have to do these things. God, I thank you that this week a fresh perspective is coming. This week a deeper relationship is coming. This week that wonder is going to be rediscovered. God, I thank you. We have nothing to be guilty about because of you, Jesus. And I thank you, God, that you're going to walk through this journey step by step by our side. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before we head off, uh, you might be here and you know, you might be hearing this stuff and might think to yourself, oh, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. Like I, I, I wouldn't call myself a friend of God. I don't, up until now, I don't even know if I've believed in God. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you've been invited by a friend. I want to give you a moment. I want to give you an opportunity right now to say, you know what, God, I, I don't even really know if you're there. I don't have my life together. I don't have all the answers, but you know what? I'm in. This sounds exactly what I need. Like I, I'm in. I, I want to start this relationship with you. So if, if we could just real quick close our eyes one more time, just so these people have a moment of privacy. If that's you, we're all going to pray together right now. I'm going to say a few words and everyone's going to repeat after me. But if that's you, this is a moment between you and God. You're speaking to God when we say these words. We'd love to pray for you after the service. We'd love to We'd love to chat with you, but I want to encourage you. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till you have your life together. God wants to meet you right where you're at. All of the mess, all of the mistakes, God wants to meet you there. So right now, if we could all do it together, if we could all pray these words after me, and if you are praying these words for the first time, just know that God is listening and He cares and He's here. So let's say these words together. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and accepting me for who I am, but caring about me far too much to leave me there. Forgive me of all of my mistakes. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to do life with you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are truly blessed by what you heard. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au.